Vegetarian Zen, episode number 55. Welcome to Vegetarian Zen, a peaceful place for vegetarians, vegans, and the veg curious to share tips for living a healthy lifestyle. Now sit back, relax, and prepare to get your veg on. Hey there, VegZeners. Welcome back to Vegetarian Zen. My name is Vicki. And this is Larissa. And in this episode of the Vegetarian Zen podcast, we're going to be addressing some issues that pertain to children and vegetarianism. So we're going to talk to you about some ways to talk to your kids about starting a plant-based diet, or even maybe raising as you raise your kids and try to explain to them why your family is on a plant-based diet, as well as what do you do if your child approaches you about wanting to be a vegetarian? And this is something that we had heard our doctor, one of our doctors had mentioned that she had been getting some parents bringing their kids in to her office trying to advise them about uh, the, the importance of nutrition if they choose this plant-based lifestyle. Right. So this is something that I mean, while it doesn't happen all the time, there are kids who will come to their parents and say, hey, you know, for whatever reason, um, I want to be a vegetarian. I don't think it happens all the time, but I think it's happening more and more as Mm -hmm. children are really starting to uh, educate themselves, not only not so much about nutrition, but more about the animals and how the animals are treated. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a great thing, quite honestly. But we want to make sure that we're giving you a little bit of advice. And in full disclosure, we don't have kids, but uh, I have plenty of nephews and nieces. And uh, Mm -hmm. yeah, not the same thing, I know, but uh, I would definitely give them some of the same advice we're about to share with you today. I also want to disclose a little bit something that I've got a little bit of a cold coming on. I just came back from a long trip. Uh, Well, it wasn't that long, but the plane ride was kind of long. And uh, you know what? Those planes can be like Petri dishes for bacteria. And I usually come out pretty... unscathed when uh off of those planes but for some reason something got me a little bit and it's not it hasn't even really hit me hard but hopefully this will be the extent of it but just in case i sound a little bit different yeah so i mean you've got a really robust immune system we were talking about earlier so for something to actually get through and make you sick it's got to be something pretty potent yeah (laughs) i hardly ever get sick so Mm -hmm. all right so let's go ahead and i know we have a few announcements um First, we have a couple of shout-outs. You want to give the first one, Larissa? Okay, well, this one is actually a rating. Oh, great. This is an iTunes uh, rating and review, and it's from The Kitchen Girl. And The Kitchen Girl says, This show is for anyone who eats, not just vegers. And she says, uh, Larissa and Vicky bring us relevant research findings because they care about the food and health of our culture. And it shows. They make me LOL, too. (laughs) We make ourselves LOL. Uh, uh, She goes on to say, listeners get realistic, actionable tips through interviews, reviews, mentions, recipes, and anything else that adds value to the table. I'm hooked. Thank you. Thank you so much. We really appreciate that. And we do happen to know the secret identity of the kitchen girl and that uh it's a, a new friend of ours named tracy and she's a fellow podcaster and yeah and we're gonna uh, meet her out at the podcast yeah. movement right right so tracy awesome. we'll see you in um uh, i guess a few weeks now by the time this publishes and thanks so much for taking the the time to go out to itunes and do this for mm-hmm. us and leave us a rating it really helps people find us and we greatly appreciate it yes thank you All right, now this next, we're going to give a shout-out here. And this is, I think this shout-out is a little bit overdue, quite honestly. Mm -hmm. We Actually, we've given this person shout-outs before, but we're going to 
make sure to properly give a shout out here. <laughs> and that is to our sister-in-law, Kimmy Velasquez. She is, first of all, she is, when we refer to supportive family members, she is like at the top of that list for <laughs> sure. So when we have family get togethers at their house and uh, at her, her house and her, my brother's house, she is just goes out of her way to make sure that we're taken care of and Larissa and I have something to eat and not just like sides. I mean, she brings out some awesome stuff. She to, always makes something special for us. Yeah. So you you talk about a supportive family member and I know that she listens to our show. Um, every Monday, my brother says he can hear her getting ready for work and listen to the show. So <laughs> we really appreciate the support, Kimmy. But just an awesome example of how a supportive family can really make uh, things easier for people. Yeah, so. thanks so much, Kimmy, and we love you. All right, and then we have a, sh- a Twitter shout out. Now, this is a really cool site we just found, and, and it's very appropriate that we're sharing it in this particular episode. The shout out goes to Super Sprouts, and their Twitter handle is at Super Sprouts, and Sprouts is spelled S. P-R-O-W-T-Z. Because they're cool like that. They're cool like that. But this is really a cool site. And especially as we talk through some of this stuff uh, today, you should go check this out because it is a site that that is designed to help educate children about nutrition. And they have these cool little um, cartoon, like, yeah, superhero vegetables. Really cool. Yeah, they're really neat. And they do videos. They do music videos. Yeah, um, in New York, they're in New York, so uh, they do music videos. And they're just super fun. I really love watching them. I love this site, and I imagine we'll probably be. I, I would definitely um, want to have some sort of relationship with oh, them absolutely. and make sure we're we're sharing those with our younger our younger listeners. Mm-hmm. Some absolutely. of their stuff. All right, are we ready to get, get into the main topic today? Yes, we are. Okay, so starting off here, of course, we're going to start off with a, a disclaimer, as we usually do when we talk about things like this, and that is whenever you change any diet, whether it's yours, your child's, anything, get with a doctor. Um, make sure, you know, get a physical, get your kids checked out, make sure everything's cool, everything's good. But even more importantly than that on this is you want to find a pediatrician who supports this idea, supports this type of lifestyle. Because the last thing you want to do is be fighting your pediatrician on this when you're trying to uh, change your children's lifestyle or eating habits, whether it's your idea or your children's idea. Right. So, uh, you know, find it if, if your, ch- your current pediatrician doesn't, um, you know, depending on the type of relationship you have, uh, you might want to try to educate them or find a different one. But make sure that you're with a supportive doctor. Okay, so first things first. If you are switching to more of a plant-based diet, you need to make sure that you educate yourself before you can educate your kids, right? Right. So it's like that idea of putting your own mask on first before you <laughs> right. help others. On the airplane. So you're going to, you're gonna, and that doesn't mean you have to be an expert, but you really have to be able to understand some of the questions that might come from your kids, your relatives, your friends, your parents. And I think, you know, because I, hopefully you will find a lot of support from your uh circle, but you might not. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean you even have to get to the point where, you know, because personally, I've just gotten, I'm at that age now where <laughs> there's certain conversations I just don't even feel the need to engage in, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, but, you know, if you get some questions and some, some questions might be well-meaning questions, I guess it's mm-hmm. 
not well-meaning questions that I don't have patience for anymore. Right. But if they're well-meaning questions and just, you know, curious questions, then by all means, you know, you want to be educated so that way you can answer some of these questions because there might be some people that are curious about this. They're veg curious that they maybe want to adopt more of a, of a plant-based lifestyle mm-hmm. and just don't know where to start. Right. So from kids, from your kids, you'll probably, you might get things like, okay, well, why aren't so we're not eating meat anymore right but i can still eat chips and store-bought cookies and spaghettios and and frozen pizza and all that right yeah no that's vicky and larissa in january of 2013 <laughs> right <laughs> so you know Before we educated ourselves exactly but so mom why aren't those good for me you know they don't have meat so it's okay to eat those right well so you need to be able to kind of answer that okay why aren't those good and we've talked about things like that in past episodes junk food vegetarianism and things like that so but your kids are almost guaranteed to ask you that unless they're already like super in love with vegetables which some kids are but most kids aren't right you know and i i still think it goes back to having a right why because Mm -hmm. if they feel like they're being deprived from something as opposed to that they're getting something, Mm -hmm. that's going to feel quite different. So I gave you the example. Remember I said that uh, while I was gone on my trip, that's really a big, that can be a big issue for people eating, trying to eat better and and more nutritious and uh, all that. And so there was one get together that I was at where they had these big cupcakes. (laughs) And I've been trying to stay away from sugar particularly that type of sugar. (laughs) And, uh, you know, it's funny because I didn't, even feel like tempted Mm -hmm. so they they of course they were real pretty and all that stuff but i just kind of thought about that sugar hitting my body and again when you have the right why Mm -hmm. it makes it a lot easier to incorporate those types of changes rather than feeling like you're deprived so i didn't feel like oh i can't have a cupcake i Mm -hmm. felt like yeah i could have a cupcake if i want but i really want to do that to myself right because you know how it'll make you feel so i think that's the trick right there even with kids and it's not that it's a trick but i mean it's like you know, really trying to help them understand the why we're staying away from that kind of stuff. So right. they don't feel like, well, why can't I have that? And right. I'm sure they're probably going to still somewhat, you know, mm-hmm. feel somewhat de- deprived. But I think it's just important that you're educating them. Right. Okay. And then from adults, you may get questions. They'll, you'll probably get questions that focus more on nutrition. So things like, how are your kids getting enough protein or calcium or, or things like that? And, you know, as adult vegetarians, we get that as well. Um, but people are going to focus more on that with kids because they're growing, they need, you know, certain nutrients, which is true. That's not untrue. Um, but so you'll probably get questions like, well, how are they going to do that? They're growing, you know, isn't it going to stunt their growth or, or whatever. And, and the answer is, of course, not if you eat the right plant, if you educate yourself, know the right uh, plants and whole grains and things that have those nutrients. What's so funny about that is that when we were watching that movie Fed Up and they were talking about, was it the movie Fed Up where they're talking about the, the uh, cafeteria mm-hmm. food? Mm-hmm. Horrible. Yeah. I yeah. mean, and people don't question that right no but it's because like, the school's giving it to you yeah, it must be good right yeah and that is like some of the, that is some of the worst food that's out there right so and then right. something else that that you'll probably or you may encounter from adults particularly uh parents of other children is why would you want to make your kids feel different from other kids at birthday parties or you know when they go eat their lunch at school or things like that don't you think that will harm them socially and i've seen that a lot of times in my reading and and 
especially doing the research for this, is that's a very, very touchy point with parents, you know, is, is your kid's going to be ostracized, especially with all the stuff that goes on with bullying and all that stuff. That's a really, really touchy subject that people are very keyed in on. So that, you know, that's something that you want to think about too. And, and, but it's not necessarily a bad thing. And there are different ways that different parents approach it. And I'll, in the resources, I'll have some links to uh, different articles and websites and things that'll, that could help you explain or make a choice of how you want to handle social situations. Okay. So what are some of the things that you want to consider um, as you approach your kids about eating more of a plant-based diet? Okay. So let's say that we've got three kids. Um, you've got a two-year-old, a six-year-old, a 13-year-old. And we decide that for our health and for their health that we want, or even for um, ethical issues, that we want to eat a plant-based diet. Okay, so there are several things that you'll need to consider when you talk to your kids. Uh, one is the age of your kids. Another one is the type of diet that you're currently eating. And then the other thing, another thing is how do your kids currently feel about vegetables? Because obviously, as we said before, if you have kids that love vegetables already, you're going to have a lot smoother transition than if you have someone uber picky like I am, (laughs) who, you know, hated anything green growing up and is just going to pitch a fit. Yeah. So I think that's that's a great, great point, because I think if your family is already eating pretty a pretty good amount of meat in within their. I mean, we used to eat meat like every day, every right? Day. Almost mm-hmm. every meal mm-hmm. at at uh, one time. But uh, if your family is really eating a lot of meat, you probably don't want to just go like, pardon the pun, cold turkey. Mm-mm. You probably want to start to go just scale back a little bit. Maybe start with a meatless Monday or something like that. That is not just all of a sudden, you know, nothing. Mm-hmm. Right. And something else that I've seen uh, quite a bit is switching out like um, chicken nuggets for the, the TVP nuggets, um, like the, the corn chicken nuggets. Those are so we get. good. Yeah, they I are. like those much better than the chicken nuggets. Right. And, and then, I know they're processed, so you don't want to eat those all the time, but it's not meat. But to switch to start switching out, it's good, yeah. right? And then the other thing is to switch out, instead of ground beef, start using the ground uh, crumbles, the vegetable protein crumbles, which we make tacos with all the time, and I make homemade tor- uh, taco seasoning. Yum. We have really that good. at least once a week. At least. All right. Um, so I put that recipe out there, by the way, for the tacos. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. really simple. And I make like big amounts of it. Um, so I don't have to be making it all the time. Okay. So back to this, <laughs> the most important first step is to know your child. So this will really help you determine the best approach to talking to them about switching to a plant-based diet. And cutting out some of the things that they may love, if they love bacon or if they love chicken nuggets, um, you know, things like that. So, for example, what type, what personality type does your child have? Are they caring, sensitive, nurturing? Are they more analytical or practical minded? Like someone I know sitting across (laughs) from me in a purple shirt. (laughs) Um, So... If you have a child who's very caring, uh, nurturing, you know, very sensitive, taking an animal empathy approach may work well. 
so what you want to do here is, of course, you don't want to sit them down and show them a movie like Vegucated. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, no matter what age child, it's that's very traumatic. It's yeah. traumatic for me. Yeah. And I think that's got to be a personal decision. Mm-hmm. You know, like like when we last year, when we became vegetarians, I knew those types of things were out there mm-hmm. and I knew I was ready to become a vegetarian. So I made myself watch that because mm-hmm. I knew once I watched it, I was never going to be tempted to eat meat again. Right. And all for me, all it took was just hearing it. Yeah. I couldn't watch. I couldn't look at it. But with kids, you want to make sure if you're taking this type of approach, you want to make sure that you explain in an age appropriate. Uh, So, you know, explaining to a six-year-old would be different than explaining to a 12-year-old. Age appropriate, non-graphic manner, why animals deserve our respect and the chance to live safe, full lives. Just that's like a great approach. Do. That's great. And the other, another good thing that I've, that I've read that some parents will do is with milk is explaining that milk, animals' milk, is for baby animals. And, uh, there, and there are books and things that you can, you know, kids' books that you can find to read and, and explain things like that. Another- you know what? I think this is another good example, though, because, you know, you might have a very inquisitive kid. I was just thinking because I was very analytical, (laughs) practical when I was a kid. So if my parents would have told me that, I would say like, well, why do I see adults drinking it? Or why are adults on TV drinking? Or why, you know, that kind of thing. And I think that's another lesson, though, that you can teach kids about not believing everything you see on TV is right. That's a very good point. You know, that's where you say you don't have to follow what everybody else is doing, Mm -hmm. because what you're going to find is sometimes people are wrong. Right. That's an excellent point. Another good thing to do is to encourage your kids to develop relationships with animals, positive relationships with animals. So if there's a farm sanctuary in your area, you might consider arranging for a visit. Um, And of course, you want to explain, because I know that that farm sanctuaries and animal sanctuaries are very well-intentioned. They do excellent work, but sometimes they can be a little bit um, overzealous in explaining why so you want to make sure before you go to a place like this or even to an animal shelter you know things like that explain your mission to the staff tell them why you're coming make sure that they know that your kids are there to understand compassion and not be traumatized by animal cruelty stories yeah. and so, hopefully most of the sanctuaries understand that yeah, with kids I, but you still you're right you still don't want to assume anything mm-hmm, exactly and i mean the last thing you want to do is is have something come out of someone's mouth that you don't want your kids to hear. So that's another good idea. Now, yeah, so what if you have a little analytical, practical, scientific-minded geek like me? What if you have a little Vicky? <laughs> <laughs> try try an environmental or nutrition health approach. So, for example, you might discuss, um, and for as far as environmental issues, discuss what raising animals for food does to the planet. So um, in episode 37, we talked about that. So you can listen to episode 37 to get some ideas of things that you can talk about. And also, um, listen with your kids. Get your kids involved. I mean, don't, you know, if they're old enough to understand, if they're old enough to read some things and comprehend that, get them involved in doing the research. You know, especially if you've got an analytical type kid who's going to want to do that stuff anyway, get them involved, make a project out of it. You can also look for environmentalism groups in your area that may have some resources that you can use or that may have some activities that you can do. 
or you can take an experimental type approach and get your kids involved in doing an experiment to see if eating less animal projects, pro- projects, <laughs> products. An- animal products, uh, changes the way that they feel or the way that they look or the way that their skin looks or their hair, things like that. So set up an experiment. Make sure that your kids are charged with keeping a record of what they eat and how they feel. And then at the end of, a, I don't know, say a month um, or two weeks for kids with short attention spans, come back together and maybe have a do a report. You know, just everybody sit down and take turns and say, okay, well, this is what I ate and this is how I feel and things like that. So make an experiment out of it. Make it official. Yeah, you can make it fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's what's that's those are some ideas of how to approach your kids if it's your idea. But what if it's your child's idea? What if your child comes to you one day and says, "Mom or dad, I want to be a vegetarian." Well, I think what the, the first thing to do is it's really important to listen and not mm-hmm. just blow off your kids cuz I think sometimes especially in families where they 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 still still do eat meat that it is easy to just kind of blow them off. And I think just let them tell you why, uninterrupted, mm-hmm. why they want to pursue a plant-based life. Okay. Uh, I think sometimes what you'll hear, at least what our doctor told us, was that it's because of the animals. Because mm-hmm. I think kids really understand how the animals are treated, mm-hmm. and that makes a big difference to them. I mean, mm-hmm. as far as they don't want to consume that. Right, so what you hear may surprise you. And, and what's great about that, hearing that, is that, that there's such compassionate kids out there. That, mm-hmm. is, that is awesome. Right. Okay, so the second thing to do, then, after you listen, ask. Yes. So there may be something, well, the, um, odds are, there is something that prompted them to make that request. Um, it's not just something that they wake up and say, oh, Hey, today, I'm going to be a vegetarian from now on. Um, There's something that happened. So if you know the reason, that can help you plan how to implement that. And it will also open a discussion between you and your child or your children as to why that happened, why, what, what did they see? What did they hear? Maybe they heard some kids talking about, you know, animal cruelty, or maybe their grandparent just died from uh, a heart attack. And they overheard you saying that it was because they, you know, cholesterol. Yes, things like that. So that's really important to talk about, because you want to make sure that you're giving them comfort and reassurance as well, if it's something like that, that's upset them and caused them to make a decision like that. Um, okay, third. I think you have to encourage them. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's just like anything else. I think that that whatever reason, even if it's a passing phase with them and maybe they, you know, they outgrow it, for whatever reason, they're trying to, to do something, they're trying to change something mm-hmm. in a positive way, at least that they perceive in a positive way. So I think it's really important that you they know that you support them and their desire not to eat animals. So I think that you know, not intentionally bringing home like hamburgers for everybody and like, you know, not bringing them home anything Mm -hmm. is really important. And then it goes a long way. Like I said, even going to our sister-in-law's house. I mean, how we usually plan for not, not eating when we go out to different places, but I don't have to worry about that there because I always know she has us covered. So, I mean, that's really great to get that kind of support from family. So Mm -hmm. it's really important that you, uh, encourage them and show them not only that you listen, but that you support their decision. Right. And then you want to answer any questions that they might have. So that's why you you don't have to be an expert, but at least understand some of the basics. And, you know, I think going out to 
different podcasts or going out to websites. And, and like I said, if you have younger kids, what a great website that Super Sprouts is. Yes. I just love that that site and the videos they have. So taking them out there and kind of making it fun, fun for them. Right. And there are lots of different activities and things you can read and things you can do. All right. And then the fourth thing would be to act. So start with research. Uh, this is where it's really important with kids, especially to you, you need to make sure that you know the nutrients that your kids need uh, at the different stages that they're in. So learn how to provide all of those nutrients without animal products. And it can be done. Um, you know, I know, and I know in the, the research for this, I read some articles that, you know, being vegan almost killed my kids and oh, come on, you know? Yeah. And, and there again, I think it's about doing it the wrong way. Exactly. Uh, so create a plan. So get yourself educated. And this is where having a supportive doctor will really be helpful is get your doctor involved. Say, okay, look, this is what we're trying to do. This is the goal. This is why, what are the nutrients my kids need? Uh, you know, get those guidelines. If your doctor doesn't support you, do yourself a favor and find Mm -hmm. another doctor. I mean, that is just not something that's acceptable in this day and age. We've done it a couple of times. Mm -hmm. Uh, There's other doctors that out there that will listen and that will support you and help you make smart decisions. The last thing you need is to be fighting with a doctor or or Mm -hmm. just not getting any information from someone who is um, just not of that same mindset. Exactly. Yeah. Especially there's so many choices out there that you can find one that does support your, your choices. Uh, Okay. Then once you've done your research, create a plan. And I think this is going to be especially important if you have kids, because I know if you have kids, we don't have kids, as we said, but I have plenty of friends with kids who are going 10 different directions into, you know, every kid has two different activities after school and and then, you know, trying to do shopping and get home and cook and all that. Create a plan. Um, and I think this is where the eat to live plan that we've talked about before would really work great for families. And the thing that I like about it is that it's online. It's web-based. So especially if you have older kids, you can get them involved in actually doing some of that planning. Okay, so this is the meal planning. This is the, uh, for those of you who might not be familiar with it, on our website, to the right-hand side, mm-hmm. I think, on the right have, hand there's column. a meal planner. Yeah. And it is amazing because you can just drag and drop uh, your meal plans and you can you have add recipes. In fact, there's one cookbook that we got. That, now, this is the only downside is, well, it's not really a downside. I would love to see like if they had a scanner where you mm-hmm. could scan a book page and put the recipe in there. But like if you find a recipe online, you can instantly download that into the, into the planner and it gives you like a grocery list mm-hmm. and everything. Yeah. So this is a really good tool for planning throughout the week because... Once the week gets going, it is so easy to slip back into bad habits. So yeah. this kind of helps you keep keep true to your plan. Right. And like I said, you know, since it's online, um, you know, kids today are more tech savvy than most adults. So get your kids involved. Make it a chore for them, you know, for, for not one. Not a chore. A happy, uh, well, a, a happy responsibility. Not a, yeah, okay. There you go. <laughs> when we were kids, we had chores. Chore. If you tell them chore, they're not going to want to do it. That's true. Make it one of their household responsibilities Um, with big smiley faces. Uh, But, uh, you know, that would be something that would be good is is to have one of your kids be in charge, you know, each week for making sure every day has a dinner. Yeah. And also get them involved in some of the cooking. I had a coworker that purchased a a, uh, Breville juicer Mm -hmm. and she got her kids involved in 
making the juice oh my goodness and they were just having a good time and they wanted oh i wonder what this would taste like i wonder what this would taste like that's awesome they get all creative and excited about it so definitely involve them because that will that will make them more excited about it right and more apt to stick to it exactly um okay so just a few notes uh before we wrap up about nutrition and these are things that we've talked about uh, most of these in other episodes, but I just kind of wanted to refresh that, especially when we're talking about kids and getting the right amounts of nutrition. There are so- some nutrients that are important for growth for children that parents will need to ensure that kids are getting from plant-based sources include uh, protein. So protein, you know, uh, good plant-based sources are nuts and seeds, including nut butters, so, um, you know, peanut butter without all the added sugar and all that stuff. Almond butter might be good. Try try that cashew butter. And you can try different ones and see what your kids like. And I would even say, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say anything. I, if you're making a sandwich, a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, maybe try putting almond butter instead one time. Don't say anything. See what happens. Hopefully it won't get thrown at you. <laughs> Uh, Okay, lentils, beans, quinoa are some other good protein sources. Quinoa, there's a really good breakfast cereal, hot cereal. All right, iron. So where can we find iron? Legumes, lentils, soybeans, tofu, tempeh, and lima beans. Okay, and then grains like quinoa, uh, fortified cereals. I, you know, I kind of on the fence about that. Yeah, because some of of them have sugar, a lot of added sugar. So So just just be careful. Read your labels. Mm -hmm. Uh, Brown rice and oatmeal. And then again, nuts and seeds, so pumpkin, squash, pine, pistachio, sunflower, uh, you know, any kind of seeds like that are usually a pretty good source of iron. Certain vegetables ha- are good for iron, tomato, Swiss chard, collard greens, and then also blackstrap molasses and prune juice, but I can't imagine too many kids wanting to drink prune no, juice. No, but blackstrap molasses, is, I have a recipe for oatmeal with mm-hmm. that. So if your kids are already eating oatmeal, you might try putting a little bit of blackstrap molasses in it. Right, that recipe is on our website, by the yeah, way. Yeah, it just link. makes it a little darker, but I mean, mm-hmm. it, it looks fine. Yeah. So. Okay, then of course, calcium is the big one that people think that kids have to have milk because it has calcium. All right, uh, calcium, the highest recommended daily amount for is for 9 to 18-year-olds. So when they're, when they're little, of course, you don't need that much, and then it kind of goes up and up. So between 9 and 18 is when we need the most calcium, and they recommend 1,300 milligrams per day. So without doing dairy products, you can still get calcium. Broccoli, butternut squash, tofu, kale, chickpeas, great northern beans, navy beans, raisins, navel oranges. And I also know collard greens have, are a really high source of calcium. I didn't put it on this list, but I read that. Um, and those are just some. There are others. So just go out there, and I'll have a link in the, the show notes that it has calcium sources for plant-based calcium sources. The idea that people need milk to get their calcium is one of the biggest scams <laughs> perpetuated on the American people. It really is. Since one hour martinizing. Since, since one hour martinizing, As yeah. As a Seinfeld for anybody who's not. <laughs> because there are so many other places that you can get calcium from, right? Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, you just listed some. Right. Uh, and then uh, two others, omega-3 fatty acids. And you can get those in dark leafy greens, walnuts, flax seeds. And if you're not vegan, if you still eat eggs, um, eggs are a good source of omega-3 fatty acids. The only one... Uh, that you might need to consider a supplement is B12. B12 is not does not occur 
naturally in very many things. So you might want to consider a B-complex supplement for that. Yeah, we and don't again, take, ask your doctor. Yeah, and we don't take supplements mm-hmm. at all anymore. And again, I did that with talking to my doctor. Mm-hmm. So please make sure that all of this stuff you check out with your doctor because we're not doctors. So. Right. And, you know, you mentioned that we don't take anything anymore, but we're adults. With kids, right, it may point. be a little bit more of an issue with the B12. That so. is a great point. Okay. So with those things in mind, you should be in a better position to talk to your kids if you should decide to pursue a more plant-based lifestyle. Yeah. And if you do have these conversations with your kids, please Mm -hmm. let us know how they go. Leave us a comment, voicemail, however you want to get in touch with us. Mm -hmm. That would be great. We would love to hear that. All right. So let's move into the recipe of the week. Okay. Well, I don't have one specific recipe this week since this is about kids and getting, you know, kids motivated to eat fruits and vegetables. I thought that I would do kind of a link list this time of kid-friendly recipes activities that you can do in the kitchen with your kids, things like that to get your kids involved and jazzed about eating more plant-based. Oh, that's that sounds like it would make a great Pinterest board too. Yes. That's a so, that's a good thing. Yeah, yep. so I'll create something on awesome. on Pinterest. Okay, what about the quote of the week? All right, the quote of the week today is from Abraham Lincoln who said, "Teach the children so it will not be necessary to teach the adults." Brilliant. I love it. Yeah. It doesn't have anything to do with vegetables, but it's, I, I <laughs> no, just love it's that. Great. It's, I mean, this is exactly what we're talking about today. Mm-hmm. So great. All right. Well, I think that does it for our show for today. Mm-hmm. Um, if you are raising your kids vegetarian, we'd also love to hear from you and hear your stories. We know a few people that are raising their children to be vegetarians. So it's very uh, interesting to us. And I think what we've heard anyways from those parents is that, you know, they're, that's how they're raising their children. Of course, they're giving their children the free freedom to pursue whatever they want uh, outside of the house. But mm-hmm. in within the household, that's all they buy or plant-based products. So mm-hmm. if you're raising your child as a vegetarian or vegan, we'd love to hear your story. Uh-huh. Uh, drop us a line and maybe we, we might even interview you for a future podcast. And that's exactly what I was going to say is that if you're doing this already – you're in a very good position to possibly help some of our other listeners. So definitely let us know if you're willing to, to share because there may be other people out there who can benefit from what you've already experienced. Just like what we've experienced is hopefully helping other people who listen to us. And then please stop by the show notes for this episode and leave us a comment. As always, we have a list of resources that we've referenced when uh, putting together this podcast. And also some, uh, as Larissa mentioned, the recipe is out there. And uh, let's see, what else? Is our quote out there? We put our quote mm-hmm. out there. I always put the our quote, quote is out there. So check out our show notes and uh, leave us a comment. And if you have just a couple of minutes, we would greatly appreciate you heading out to iTunes and leaving us a rating there that goes a long way for helping to helping other people find us Uh, itunes is like a big search engine so it really helps people to to find us when they type in vegetarian in uh in the search box yes and you'll be famous because we'll read it and we'll say your name (laughs) yeah that's the 15 minutes right there there you go (laughs) no that's actually only about 30 seconds so you'll still have 14 minutes and 30 seconds of fame due to you point good Mm -hmm. point All right. Well, I think that does it for our show for today. All right. Well, we'll talk to you next time. Peace out. Bye. Hey, Veg Centers. Thanks so much for joining us today. Please be sure to visit our website at www.vegetarianzen.com. 
can also find us on Facebook at Facebook forward slash Vegetarian Zen or on Twitter at Vegetarian Zen. Until next time, wishing you a happy body and a healthy mind. <laughs>